And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, Trey Lance has his feet wet, but it, it all happened in a loss. The Arizona Cardinals beat the 49ers 17-10. to Up and down game for Trey Lance, but guys, I can say that, that the kid has some heart. He has some guts. Reminded me a little bit of Steve Young when he's trying to run without his helmet. Uh, I don't know if it was sustainable. I know that Steve, early in his career, when he was running around everywhere, that that wasn't sustainable. He had to learn how to deliver from the pocket, and that's obviously part of a a long journey that the 49ers are now embarking on with Trey Lance. But uh, we saw the start of it. We saw a good defensive performance against Arizona, but most importantly, we saw another 49ers loss. Matt, 17-10, to they they leave this game feeling good about their defense against the Cardinals offense that was leading the NFL, entering the game at 35 points per game, but the 49ers have a lot to work on offensively, even though Trey Lance did deliver that gutsy performance. Right, I agree. Uh, gutsy, and um, the, the game wasn't too big for him. I mean, it, it was tough circumstances. It was a, an undefeated team that they're playing uh, in a dome, um, and uh, this was the guy's first ever start, and he uh, did not shrink from it, and I think that probably is the biggest takeaway long-term. I know 49ers fans are uh, unhappy about the loss and the two and three start, but um, big picture, I thought that you know there were there were some good things about Trey Lance. <laughs> he he is competitive. Um, he does take on tacklers. He does have a big arm, and um, you you saw Kyler Murray extending plays uh, throughout this game. You saw Russell Wilson doing it last week, and I think that moving forward, uh, you know, whenever Trey Lance becomes a starter, that's going to be his calling card as well. Um, this was a game, Dennis, that they needed everybody to play perfectly uh, if they were going to have a chance to win it. And they were they were in the game uh, towards the end. But boy, I, I don't think that uh, you can say that uh, this was a, a perfect outing from everybody, especially on offense. You know, Trey Lance, I, I think we knew what he was coming into this football game. He's He's a tremendous athlete. He's still raw. He's not the most accurate his mechanics aren't all the best but he's gonna make it exciting and um you know I, I i hate to start saying that he's a tough quarterback quarterback because that means he's taking a lot of hits and getting up and you never want that in your starting quarterback you know my my question is moving forward um it, it looked disjointed because there was a lot of holding penalties and that was because you know, you didn't know where your quarterback was. He was scrambling around, and, you know, as an offensive lineman, your back's to everything. You don't know what's going on. And then you tend to grab on and hold defensive linemen when you have a scrambling quarterback. Receivers really didn't look like they knew how to do the sc- the, the uh, scramble drill, kind of like uh, Russell Wilson with his receivers. They know where to go once the quarterback starts moving in the pocket. It didn't feel that way. So it makes me wonder, is it over time that the team learns to play with this type of quarterback, and how do you do that? 
if Jimmy Garoppolo wants to come back uh, against Indianapolis, do you go with Jimmy still or do you let this team learn how to play with the future? I think we got to look into the future a little bit, the bigger picture. Uh, and if this is the quarterback for your future, when do you just kind of say, listen, give him the keys and let this team get used to playing with him? So I think the defense kept this this game reachable. It's just in the red zone, you know, you couldn't get any points. And, uh, and that's what you need to do. I mean, against a good team like this, you need to take advantages, take advantage of the opportunity. And the defense gave you one with the Dante Johnson fumble put points on the board. So there's a, lo- there's a long way to go. I just wonder, what, what does Kyle Shanahan do now? Do you stay with this kid or do you go back to your pocket passer and Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, uh, Dennis here, your point is really, really solid that the 49ers uh, d- did look disjointed around Trey Lance, you know, aside from those drops, those holding penalties. Oh, my God, flag after yeah. flag after flag. There was that one play on which both Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey held. Combine that with you know the route running issues, the drops. Mohamed Sanu had a terrible one early in the game. It was a yeah, the throw wobbled, but I don't care because on the other side, Rondale Moore is making the Sports Center top ten with his catches, keeping his toes in bounds. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, a veteran, can handle a ball that has a little wobble on it when he's wide open on a, on a key third down. Forty Niners ended up going four of sixteen. Uh, on third and fourth downs combined, which uh, you know was was one of the stories of this game. But uh, it, obviously, the offensive apparatus around Trey Lance didn't perform at you, you know the way that they should. And I'm not holding Trey Lance to the same standard because he was a rookie making his first career start, throwing his head in there. Um, I mean, taking vicious shots all over the field when he was trying to run the ball. I mean, what he ran for like 80 yards in this game. So the, the the conundrum that the 49ers face now is that Lance was not efficient on the aggregate in this game. You can't let's not pretend that he was efficient. They went 4-16 on third and fourth down. Um it, 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 it wasn't good enough offensively to win. They only scored 10 points, squandered a great defensive performance, but um how much of that was Trey Lance's fault and how much of it was the fault of all this other stuff that we're talking about? A and B, moving forward, uh how does Shanahan play this? As Dennis said, you are balancing the short term and the long term, and obviously Lance already got better from his his first week. But there's still so much to be left to be desired. Matt, I think it's obvious that Jimmy Garoppolo is a more efficient situational option. I mean, he had been really good on third downs before he got hurt. That was one of his strengths, and the offense under Lance is terrible right now on third and fourth downs. So obviously you have that benefit, but at the same time, the cat's already out of the bag. The 49ers do need to make sure that Trey Lance continues to get better. So how do you feel they're going to play this? I think this is the very reason why Kyle Shanahan wanted to play two quarterbacks back in the preseason. Right, because he needed to balance both of these interests, and now both of these interests are going to be screaming at him. Because at two and three, despite how much doom and gloom there is out there, I can tell you this: the 49ers aren't punting the season away yet. They still need to put their most efficient product on the field somehow, while staying true to Lance's development. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo at, at the first uh, chance that he comes back, and, and we should note that Garoppolo was on this trip. We saw him before the game. I watched him through my binoculars take very ginger, gingerly dropbacks, I would describe it, in the end zone uh, with a trainer watching him the whole time. So he certainly didn't look spry, but Shanahan seemed to indicate, or at least uh, he had a good hope that with the bye coming up, Garoppolo would be back in time to start against the Colts in, in the next outing. 
And he did hedge that by saying, well, you, you never know with these calf injuries. And the 49ers have a lot of calf injuries. They've got K1 Williams down with a calf. They've got George Kittle now on IR with a calf. So Shanahan knows from experience that uh, you can't take these too lightly, but he's encouraged that he'll be back. I think that, um, you know, had this been a, a blowout, a hideous outing by, by Trey Lance, a very rookie-like outing by Trey Lance, um, you know, we'd have Garoppolo back and, uh, you know, we might not see Lance for any extended period for a long time. Now, if the 49ers, you know, go into a funk, you know, losing streak continues, if the, if the playoffs start to look hopeless, um, I, I wonder whether this outing was encouraging enough that, uh, you know, somewhere down the road, I don't know what week we're talking about here, uh, Dennis, but somewhere down the road, maybe maybe Lance gets his uh, his second bite of the apple and gets a little bit more experience, so that when you know twenty twenty two comes around, we're we're not still talking about a guy who's got just scant experience under center, dropping back, reading defenses, you know, uh, throwing through throwing lanes. I thought that that was a bit of an issue today. I think there were five passes that were bad at, at the line of scrimmage, so. Uh, at some point, uh, we have to. Uh, the, the 49ers might have to think about uh, looking ahead to 2022. Like I said, it makes me wonder because right now, you know, when, when you have you know Lance the way he played today, and you know everyone's criticizing you know Kyle Shanahan and his and how he's handling him is, is you know the game plan. Why are there so many uh, design quarterback runs? Is this another RG three? Is this kid going to get beat up? So, you know, I, I think a lot, a lot of the choices he made today in the football game was that he just trusted his legs more than he would trust his arm. And he, he was trying to make plays with his legs. And, you know, um, David, you referenced Steve Young. I think for the first four years, Steve Young was a running quarterback. And finally, he, he kind of broke down and he decided he needed to be a pocket passer. Is that the mentality? Is that the game plan with a kid like this until he gets comfortable being a quarterback or get the reps being an NFL quarterback, is this what we're going to see? Because this is this is definitely a look into the future of the 49ers. This is why, why they traded up and they went and got Trey Lance. Uh, he's going to be the future one of these days. I just don't know when. I don't know if it's an Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick type of situation, but he's going to be the starting quarterback. And the, and the question is, you know, can he take the hit? I mean, he took some hits today. I mean, just look at his mother in the stands. She was she, she was having a hard time. He was taking some shots. That goal line shot, I mean, you know, he he bounced backwards, you know, and, and, and in college he would run over players, and it's different in the NFL. I just wonder, you know, if this kid can can hold up and last until he becomes a pocket quarterback. Because at some point, it's easy to game plan a uh, quarterback that's going to run one uh, one read and run quarterback. It's easy to game plan that type of quarterback. So you know it, it's just going to be interesting to see. And, and you know I wouldn't be surprised in Indianapolis game you see more of him in a football game or even him start in that football game. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know, to answer the question, Dennis, it, it's just not sustainable. Uh, we right. saw it with Steve Young. We saw it with Cam Newton, whose career, I mean, he, he was bowling over too many people and then injuries caught up to him. Uh, ultimately, you have to be able to deliver from the pocket with good decisions you know 25 to 30 good decisions from the pocket per game time and time again that's been shown to be the you know the truth in the nfl uh because defenses will adjust and the only way to counter adjust is have a quarterback who can on the fly make the decisions to beat defenses from the pocket and uh there's nothing against trey lance i think that he's on track to 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 to, to reach that goal but he's still really early in that track. I mean, he's coming from FCLS level football, only 318 college throws under his belt. Most of them came two years ago. He's 21 years old. There's a reason why the 49ers, you know, kept Jimmy Garoppolo around and uh, didn't want this start that we saw for Trey Lance to happen until 2022. But it's happened in 2021. And we're not sure about Jimmy Garoppolo's health situation. So uh, the process and the need for development has sped up right now for the 49ers and yes they're gonna have to use some smoke and mirrors until Jimmy Garoppolo comes back but you know it, it does lend the question Matt of you know how much can Trey Lance actually develop while sitting on the bench I mean we use the Patrick Mahomes comparison a lot and Shanahan has used it because Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a full season in Kansas City but Mahomes was also a multi-year starter at the FBS level for Texas Tech. So he had some polish, he had some reps. With Trey Lance, you're facing the catch-22 because he doesn't have that FBS experience. He's obviously more raw than Mahomes was when he came in. Uh, 49ers you know, haven't given up on their designs of contending this year, nor, nor should they. They have an obligation to, to put the best product on the field for as long as possible. Uh, but but they also need to give him those reps because he's you know <laughs> he's so uh, he he's so green. So today I think we saw a little bit of both, right? We saw the exceptional physical talent, but we also saw the flaws, like the high interception early on. It's, I mean, it was all stuff that we saw in training camp. All those patterns magnified into an actual regular season game. Yeah, and uh, you know we were talking about drops in, in training camp as well. Remember there was a whole spate of them in the in the first two preseason games. Uh, and I just wonder whether that's all kind of the, 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 the same thing that we're describing. It's just uh, the offense going from one quarterback to another. Uh, offensive tackles uh, aren't, aren't used to the, the quarterback escaping from the pocket and holding on to the ball as long as, as Lance did. I mean, I, I think that's a, a huge difference between Lance and Garoppolo. Garoppolo gets rid of the ball quickly. I mean, literally quickly. He's got a quick release, but he also gets rid of it on time. And Lance just wasn't pulling the trigger as fast, and and you don't expect a rookie to. But I think that was uh, a big part of the uh, the six holds that were called today. And um, you know, there's something going on with with the drops. I mean, they were not bad passes. 
Um, there's always a big debate over whether it's the quarterback's fault or the receiver's fault. If it hits you in the hands, it's the receiver's fault. And that happened three times today. But there's something, there's a difference between the, the ball that Garoppolo throws and the ball that Lance throws that, uh, that the receivers have a, have a hard time with. Now, to, to get back to the, the kernel of it, I mean, uh, Shanahan uh, definitely had a, had a plan, or at least the idea that he could throughout the season get Lance uh, an adequate number of, of reps and looks and experience so that uh, this year isn't a total waste. I mean, that was the whole idea. I think what he ran into is that, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, that idea sometimes doesn't work with the game situation that um, he didn't want to put a rookie into some of these tight games, Uh, you know, like against uh, like Philadelphia in week two, uh, for example. Uh, So um, it's, it's a, it's a question as to whether the initial plan, the off season plan, the one that they, they hatched uh, some point in the spring before the, uh, the draft is, is really practical Dennis at this point, whether, this guy can get the adequate number of snaps if he's getting two or three or zero or six uh, per game or whether from this point out it needs to be increased a little bit. Really kind of in a between a rock and a hard place. It's you know, now, now we've seen what you got and how do you develop it and it's very obvious he needs he needs the reps. And you know we always compare the Mahomes and uh, Alex Smith situation but He's not a Mahomes. He, he's, he, I mean, he needs more. You know, Mahomes came in. He was throwing touchdowns down the field. He was reading defenses because he had had the reps. He had had the practice uh, in in college. This, 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 he's just raw. This kid is raw. But you need – I think the talent is there. The ability is definitely there. The heart's there. The passion's there. He just needs to rep. So now, you know, the coaching staff, you, you have to sit and you have to figure what do you want to do moving forward. I mean – if you bring him into the game and you declare him the starter and Jimmy Garoppolo not, how does that? What does that? How does that affect your your locker room? I mean, these Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that came in and took you to a Super Bowl. No, he hasn't been healthy for four years. He's been here, but he did take you to a Super Bowl. Super Bowl when he was, and he's a captain of this football team. So it's kind of a weird situation, but you know, Trey's just raw. He's he's you know he's got a lot of mechanical things to work work around. I mean, I think a lot of these. Bad down passes today is just kind of his throwing motion. We always talk about Brady and Rodgers with this quick release. You know, does he wind up? Is there something on tape that that team see? Certainly today, there was something where J.J. Watt knew exactly when to put his hands up. And that's something you're taught as a defensive lineman. You look at quarterbacks and you kind of can tell when that wind-up's coming. And if you're, you know, the clock in your head, if you're not to the quarterback by three, four seconds, you start putting your arms in there because you know you can probably get a low ball. So he's got a lot of work to do. But now the question is, how do you get the work? You know, you, you don't want to throw away the season. You are three games behind now, but you don't want to throw away the season. But he's got to get some looks somehow. He's got to get some reps. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The reason you don't want to throw away the season, we saw today, Arizona 
was leading the NFL 35 points per game coming into this one. They just had blown out the, the Rams. They're the only remaining undefeated team in the NFL, and the 49ers defense held them to 17 points at home. Yeah. And that was after a first drive where the 49ers defense looked lost. So after that first drive, for a seven-drive stretch, the Cardinals scored only three points against this 49ers defense. And it, to be honest, it really looked like they had notched a safety uh, when uh, Eric Armstead got held at, right at the goal line. And I thought that the actual holding infraction happened in the end zone, which should have by rule been a safety. But the officials said that, that the hold actually started right out to the end zone. The block started right outside, outside the end zone. But boy, uh, on replay, uh, it seems to me that officials just are allergic to calling safeties. I don't know why. I was talking to Matt about this in the press box. I don't know what the incentive to, to not call a safety is. I'm sure it upsets Dennis a lot as as a defensive lineman. But the, the Cardinals got away with one. The 49ers defense should have had a, a big play, a you know big notch in their armor there. Uh, they didn't get it. They had a huge takeaway when Dante Johnson stripped the ball from Chase Edmonds later. That was actually something the 49ers had practiced more this week. They were looking for those strips because they entered the game last with only one takeaway. Um, so they, they, in my mind, they got two massive plays. They should have gotten the safety, and they should have you know, had a game-changing play with the fumble, but the offense squandered that fumble right away. Um, but long story short is that this team is producing on the defensive side of the ball. We saw them produce for a whole half against Seattle, too, and not get enough help from the offense. Uh, the, the point is that they have the ingredients to do some stuff, Matt. I mean, we saw Debo Samuel. We saw Brandon Ayuk today. George Kittle's currently on IR, so that obviously hurts the 49ers. But it's not like this team is devoid of talent. This is still a stocked roster, in my opinion. And it's this situational football, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that's killing them. Um, and, and they need to fix that before time runs out. Yeah, and that's what's uh, motivating this team right now. Uh, I forget who said it, but, uh, you know, the 49ers are 2-3. and three, But they believe that, you know, they, they're in these three losses. And uh, they're just a couple of plays from being 5-0. and oh, So it's something that they can turn around. It's not a, uh, it's not a really long, arduous fix that they have to, to go through. And, um, you know, to, to bring Dennis and, and the safety uh, question back into this, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't like to harp about uh, bad officiating. I think uh, every, every game has got some, some dubious calls in it, et cetera, et cetera. But this one, it was just weird. Like, like uh, we're talking about the 49ers offense being disjointed. This officiating crew was disjointed from the beginning. Uh, that, that oddball obvious uh, incompletion that uh, they allowed to keep going. I, I watched uh, Trent Williams have to run you know, like 45 yards in order to track down the, uh, the guy who picked up the quote-unquote fumble um, because uh, no one was sure at that time. I mean, that, that's just uh, uh, sort of some, some Bush League stuff was happening with this officiating crew. And, and I agree. I think that, that should have been a safety, and uh, that, that would have been a, uh, a big turning point in that game. I agree. That was a bad no call. I mean, that was a holding in the end zone, which should be two points for the 49ers. But, you know, as a player, you know, coaches always tell you, you know, penalties, officials can't affect the game. Don't let it affect the game. It is what it is. It's going to happen. You just got to play through it. But that there were some weird calls uh, in this football game. And, you know, this officiating crew, they were throwing flags. I mean, like – 
how do you have two holding penalties on one play? You know, both both tackles. I mean, there's, there was flags going everywhere. But again, that's part of the game. Officials, you know, they're not really watching the game. They're, there's nothing, nothing invested. They're looking at whatever they're looking at. You got to play through it. But definitely, think about the, those that that two points. It, was it seven? Was it still seven? Nothing at that point. The forty nine. It was. It would have made it seven two. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know that could have been. I mean, things like that change the momentum. You know, just little things Absolutely. like that change the momentum of the football game. So, but again, you can't you can't blame or you can't expect the the uh, officials or you can't let the officials kind of determine you know how a football game turns out. But sometimes they have a big effect on football games. That certainly did today, and I, I just thought that it was illustrative of the frustration that you know befell the 49ers. I mean, uh, I'm not pretending the defense was perfect, but I think it's unreasonable to expect the defense to be perfect in this age of offensive football against. The, you know, the advanced stats had Arizona's the number three offense coming in, but they were number one, 35 points per game. They're running an air raid, you know, with perfect distribution. They had like five uh, different receivers with 15 to 17 catches and over 200 yards coming in. I mean, this was going to be a really, really hard challenge for the 49ers uh, defense coming into this game. And yeah, they gave up. A touchdown drive to open that was off of a Trey Lance interception let's, let's make sure we put that out there so the defense had to go out there off of an offensive giveaway which is not a good formula to win immediately and then they gave up a touchdown there at the end but the touchdown they gave up at the end was only after uh the offense went four and out following the the takeaway that the Fort Anders defense generated so you know from just a, a reasonable level of of uh demanded execution i think the 49ers defense satisfied that in, in this game and it was you know on that offensive side where the 49ers matt did some really nice things but they couldn't glue them all together i mean let's talk about elijah mitchell uh, running back i mean he looked great trey sermon didn't get into the game until like four minutes remained because I thought Elijah Mitchell was a great fit. Debo Samuel scored another big touchdown for the 49ers. Ayuk uh, I- uh, had that nice catch and run for this team. Uh, they-, they outgained Arizona, uh, but they didn't out-execute Arizona when it actually mattered on those third and fourth downs. So uh, the problem is, if you keep on saying this week after week, ultimately um, it doesn't matter how much yardage you pick up. And and we've been saying this week after week at this point. So the 49ers <laughs> need to fix it quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think you're right about Elijah Mitchell. He's going to go uh, unnoticed or or little noticed in this game because there, there are other bigger themes going on. But um, he ran the ball really hard. I mean, he, he looked a lot like uh, Raheem Mostert in this game. And, and not just... Uh, uh, you know the ability to to get outside, which I, I think the 49ers had been missing the last couple of games. But uh, even when there are tacklers there, I mean he hits them head on. And I think the 49ers really appreciate uh, the toughness that he brings. And and uh, I think he averaged something like 4.8 yards a carry. Uh, and that's with the 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 Cardinals really kind of stacking the box and and inching up and and trying to force uh, Trey Lance to beat them with his arm. So it was a good game for him. Um, Dennis, I I wanted to bring up something you said earlier about being a defensive lineman and being able to kind of zero in on uh, a quarterback's pass when, A, you know, the the clock is starting to tick down, the mental clock in your head. But also, I think you said that when when a a quarterback has a wind-up, uh, it gives the the deep defensive lineman a, a little bit of a clue 
that it's coming his way. And boy, uh, David and I have have noticed that that there is a windup. And, and David, it seems like it's a bigger windup than we saw in training camp in the summer. But there, there seems to be a hitch uh, where where Lance kind of starts his motion and then you know goes back and um, you know brings it back again and. Um, uh, Dennis, just from a, a defensive lineman's perspective, I mean, it, would your mouth be watering if you if you saw a quarterback doing that time and time again? If it was a, a tendency that you could see on film, and the D line, you know, we, we do a lot of messing around in the in the film study, but there's always those moments where someone picks up on something. And as a defensive group, I mean, if it's I haven't watched Trey enough, but if there's something, there's a clue, and you know, someone kind of picks it out and you kind of decide that after three seconds, if he's not running the ball, someone screams, you know, hit, hit, ball, ball. That means everyone puts their arm up because he's starting that windup. And we know if you put your, put your arms up, you can either block the vision down the field or you're going you're gonna to tip the ball. And, you know, those are little things you pick up just watching film. Like I said, I don't know if he's got a windup. But I know, you know, the, 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 the elite quarterbacks who have that quick release and you don't see balls knocked down are the ones with the, with the you know, that quick motion, that quick, you know, that whip of the, of the wrist like an Aaron Rodgers to get the ball down the field, not a big windup. So there could be something. I don't know. I just, it just seemed like there was a lot of tip balls. You know, Jimmy gets a lot of balls tipped too. But today it just really seemed like there was a lot of tip balls. So there was something that at least J.J. Watt knew he had something that he knew when to put his arms up. And in any defensive lineman, if you're if you're rushing up the middle and after three seconds the ball is still alive in the quarterback's hand and you're not getting a rush, you're always taught to put your arms up anyway. Get your hands up because the ball is going to be coming out eventually or coming out very soon. And you most likely you can get your hand on the ball if you get your hands up and you're rushing up the gut. Well, one, Arizona's good. This is a good defense. You know, people sometimes don't, I think, give – you know this team credit for what they're doing this year defensively it's been a top six defense entering this game because everybody thinks of cliff kingsbury in the air raid but his defense has been getting better over the years for arizona they're number 10 last year and they picked up jj watt this season so you got watt and chandler jones coming off the edges you know you have isaiah simmons at linebacker buddha baker back there just roaming around the secondary so uh you know some of the credit has to go to them but it, it, I think you're spot on, Dennis. I mean, it, it is an elongated throwing motion for Trey Lance. That he, he, We saw it last week. Bobby Wagner almost intercepted a pass, even though Trey Lance threw it 120 miles an hour. Hey, you know, that shows you something. That means that Lance was, A, staring down the target, which I think he – I mean, it's this is this is all stuff that we expect from Trey Lance, as raw as he is. He, he is staring down targets, and he is – uh, I mean, the, the windup I didn't expect as much. But I think ultimately they want to get him to have a similar throwing motion as, as Deshaun Watson, who obviously has a compact enough delivery despite the elongated frame uh, to get the ball out in time. He's never going to be Garoppolo. He's never going to be the jugs. That, that's Jimmy Garoppolo's strength, right? I mean, for all of his physical limitations, Shanahan calls him a jugs machine because he zips that ball out. And I think some of Garoppolo's bat downs are, you know, it's the fault of the 49ers offensive line. It's the fault of, you know, the fact he's thrown over the middle all the time because, like Dennis said, you you raise your arms, you're going to get lucky every once in a while. And it's also the fact that maybe Garoppolo does stare down defenders every once in a while, just like Lance did today, so that defensive line could get ready for it. But Trey Lance... Um, I, I think the issue is coming because of you know the combination of, of what I just said, because of that elongated release, and because he's not really progressing at 
full speed efficiency yet. For that, he's going to need those reps, and that gets us back to square one. How are the 49ers uh, going to, to, to manage the development of Trey Lance while still trying to win with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I think it's it, clear that Kyle Shanahan still wants to do both, and, 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 and that, that's where we're at right now. Where do the 49ers move forward? So I guess that's kind of how we could – Wrap this up, Matt. What, what what are you looking for the 49ers to address over this bye week? Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, getting healthy um, is uh, is a big part of it. This was the the third straight game that they that they played without a third down back for. So for as good as uh, Elijah Mitchell has been, they they still don't trust him or Trey Sermon or any of the newcomers uh, on third down. So uh, Michael Hasty coming back, that, I think that would help in that regard. Um, you know, uh, another big theme that uh, is going to go underplayed, I think, coming out of this game was that Travis Benjamin was the the go to guy early uh, in the game. That was going to be the secret weapon, the guy who kind of stretched the the defense deep instead of Brandon Ayuk, um, the the guy who played just down the street at uh, Arizona State, and uh, Ayuk definitely had a a uh, fantastic third down catch and run in this game, but it's been a quiet start for him. And uh, the 49ers, you know, especially with George Kittle, will be out uh, for at least two more games. Uh, they, they need some some spark. They need uh, something more than Debo Samuel on offense. And uh, Ayuk has, has been too quiet. He needs to awaken uh, coming out of this bye. And, and if he does that, then uh, I, I think the 49ers have a little bit more going for them. I mean, the buy is 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 a good opportunity to to kind of you know take yourself away from football a little bit and you know hopefully get some of the bumps and bruises and maybe get some guys back or get fresh, get your legs fresh. Um, I mean, the 49ers. This is this is the season, and you know you you see what you got. You got some talent on the defense, and you know we've been saying this for four years. You got the talent on the offense. How do you put it all together? You know, and, you know, Kyle Shanahan has to figure out his quarterback situation. I mean, is, is Jimmy Garoppolo the guy or is, you know, is, is this the thing? I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's young, he's, he's raw, but I mean, until you get him some reps, you know, he's got a, he's got a long way to go, but also if he's part of your offense, he's got to get the reps. So I think there's going to be a lot of decisions made in this, in this bye week uh, with the quarterbacks and, and you know you got a great running game. I mean that fourth down on the end zone. Why wasn't Elijah Mitchell given the football? Why is your quarterback going head on? And you know that's just not gonna not gonna work. So there's gonna be some better um, decision making. It's gonna be some better um, mechanics worked if if Trey's gonna play in the National Football League. And you know use the bye week to to figure out what moving forward. What's it gonna be? You're you're two and three, and the season's still young. But you gotta you gotta start winning some football games. You're in the three three-game slide and you know you you need some positive something positive to happen for this football team or could fall off a cliff real easily yep and that's the truth of it people need still need to keep the perspective 17 game season their wild card spots that mean there's still a chance to play all these division teams again and and the 49ers are already already really close to, to three straight wins i mean they're we're not sugarcoating the problems at all they're there uh, the 49ers are struggling through them, but they're also close at the same time. I mean, we, we all know what a team that's getting blown out looks like. We've covered some Shanahan teams that were not close at all uh, in 2017, 
and in 2018. This is not that right now. This is <laughs> this is very different. And the 49ers do find themselves in in that you know in between that rock and a hard place. And we'll see how they wiggle out of it. We'll see how they try to make the best of both worlds. So far, they they haven't been able to make the best of of either. But that's what this bye week is for. So we'll keep on tracking that moving forward. Anyway, thanks again for listening to this episode of Here's the Catch. Catch us next time. It will be very soon. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, football fans. This is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.